Precious Holy Spirit, we thank you because we know you are here with us. Thank you for an illumination, an unveiling of your counsel. Thank you because Jesus alone is glorified. We are forever changed. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Glory to God. All right. Once again, welcome to church. For those just tuning in, for those just settling down, you've come to the right place as we're about to begin our study of God's word. Last week, Wednesday, we started the conversation on knowledge. But not just regular knowledge, but a deep, effectual, functional, practical, personal, real, precise, accurate version of knowledge. Glory to God. And our theme is epignosis. Last week, Wednesday, we talked about the three commitments that you must make, that I must make, that every believer must make to ensure that our interfering, our intermeddling with God's word isn't just producing information or awareness or, right, or, 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 or even learned knowledge in terms of behavior change, but is producing personal, accurate, experiential revelation knowledge of God's truth. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody, you know, I can hear you. Somebody say glory to God. All right, let's go to our anchor text, Second Peter chapter 1, chapter 1 from verse 2 to verse 4. If you missed last week, Wednesday, I want to strongly encourage you, just stay with us. You'll be blessed this evening, but afterwards, you will do well, all right, to make out time to revisit um, the conversation. Second Peter chapter 1, I read from verse 2 to verse 4. It says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3 says, according as his divine power has given unto us, unto me, unto you, all things, not just some things, not just the things you need, not just the things you want, not just the things he says is made available. All things that pertain unto life and godliness. How do we access this? All things, he says it is through the knowledge, experiential knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Verse 4 says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. It says that by these you might be partakers. It means you will not just be an historian. You will not just be the one explaining miracles, but your life literally will be miracles. You will not just be the one explaining these possibilities of the divine life, but your life will be proved that you and I may not just be spectators or documenters or analyzers or critics, but we will be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Glory to God. All right, so we laid the bricks last week by establishing the three commitments that every believer must make if they will make that transition from the highest form of knowledge, physical knowledge, gnosis, into experiential knowledge powered exclusively by the Spirit. 
The number one commitment, we said that I must, I must desire and prioritize God's word as the most important resource in my life. I must contend for revelation knowledge through the practice and through the practice of study and meditation. And number three commitment is that I must trust God and pray for having found teachers that are tools of the spirit for illumination glory to god all right just for for all of those to make sense to you we went layer by layer last week i just want to encourage you to find it look for it epignosis the three commitments look for it it's on all platforms youtube facebook audio max spotify itunes apple google everywhere and it's free it's free absolutely free glory to god glory to god hmm Hmm. As we continue our conversation this evening, I've titled it Out of Darkness. Out of Darkness. Out of Darkness. If you are from a particular country in Africa, the name of which I shall not mention, you are very, very, very much familiar with, you know, just planning your day and knowing that any moment in a twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the Nepal switch, <laughs> let's just say we, are, we, we, we learn to be familiar with darkness and to plan for it. Generators. Someone saying, what is a generator? All right. <laughs> Glory to God. Somebody say, out of darkness. Somebody say, out of darkness. Hmm. You are going to be blessed this evening. Remember, we are talking about practical, experiential knowledge by the Spirit. It unlocks the multiplication of grace and peace. It gives us access to everything that has been made available for life and for godliness. This is how we unlock these great exceeding promises for you and for me. Our compass scripture, if I would, where we pick our, 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 our travel, our journey from this evening, Second Peter, Second Peter, Chapter 2, verse 9. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. A scripture I am very sure you know. It says, but you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are an holy nation. You are a peculiar people. It says that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness. And he didn't just stop there. The goal of coming out of darkness isn't just to stay squinting, all right, but to, by knowledge, enter into his marvelous light. I hope you are still, we, we, we are literally just getting started. Please settle down. He says in verse 10, which in time past, we are not a people. He says, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy. He says, but now there's been an existential complete change. Now you are brand new. Now you are chosen. Now you are royal. Now you are set apart. Now you are special. The goal is to show forth his praises. He's pulled you out of darkness. 
But his desire is not for you just to stay in a place where your boast is that you're out of darkness, but that the, the, the essence of your boast is now that you have entered into his marvelous light. Somebody say glory to God. Hmm. Let's see it in the Amplified Classic. It says, but you are, just verse 9, you are a chosen race. This is suggesting to you that you are, you are a special tribe that I'm choosing to do something unique with. Stop comparing yourself with every and anybody. It says you, you are special. You are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation. It says God's own purchased special people that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Glory to God. You know, I was meditating on this scripture and I just stood there out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of, this was a while ago, out of darkness, into his marvelous light. Out of darkness, into his marvelous light. Until light came, out of darkness, into his marvelous light. I'm looking at my life. Can I say confidently, experientially, that I've been pulled out of darkness? Yes. But how much light am I experiencing? How much light is my life validating? How much spirit witness? <laughs> Glory to God. You know, remember we mentioned this last week? Eyewitness, expert witness, and spirit witness by revelation, which is superior to the other, th to the other two. Out of darkness. Just reminded me, at the time when the Lord called me into ministry, I had no business or desire to be a pastor. Far from it. I was happy serving, being a brother, being a good Christian, codedly, serving my Jesus, enjoying his presence, fellowshipping with the brethren, praying for the men and women of God, doing the, the work. Hmm. But then the Lord said, it is time. It is time. And I said, God, we have enough. We have enough. We have great churches, great ministers. You don't need another one. And the Lord says, I'm sending you for a unique journey. He told me many things, but part of what he said to me, I think I mentioned one part last week. This, this month just happens to be me, you know, unveiling very, very key parts of my calling. Um, and it's a, it's a pleasure to do that because the proof of this is the testimonies of the lives transformed with all of the glory, all of the glory going to God alone. One of the scriptures the Lord gave me was Romans chapter 1 verse 20. As what my responsibility to the body would be. As what one of my responsibilities to the body will be. Romans chapter 1 verse 20. The scripture came again to life as I was meditating out of darkness. Out of darkness. Romans 1 20. It says, for ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature and attributes, talking about God, that is, his eternal power and divinity. This is talking about a supernatural realm. It says they have been made intelligible and clearly discernible. These are big claims. Clearly discernible in and through the things that have been made, his handiworks. It means that hidden in creation are spiritual mysteries. 
so that men are without excuse altogether, without any defense or justification. You can't claim that you missed God. He left too many clues in creation. Out of darkness. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. And then I just remembered one of those nights that if taking light, if, if you don't understand what taking light means, congratulations to you. You are not in the generation that's experienced and unfortunately so in that part of the world still experiencing fluctuations of electricity. There are times when you are just doing what you are doing and the light goes and it's one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Someone is saying, PD, this thing you are doing, you are bringing back. This is PTSD you are bringing back. Old trauma. This is your old trauma. It's someone's current trauma. So let's leave this pain with them as we imagine. We are imagining they are living. Hmm. Hmm. And sometimes you left your light switch on. And after weeks, sometimes after months, electricity just comes back. It might be in the middle of the night. And you're there, you know, rolling on your bed, trying to kill one or two mosquitoes. Someone is saying, what are mosquitoes? Hmm. And you just open your eyes out of darkness into light. For the first few moments, you can't see Jack. I thought light was meant to bring illumination. Your eyes now begin to adjust. You're squinting initially. Then suddenly, you have adjusted and everywhere is now bright. This time it's brighter than your candles, brighter than your lanterns, brighter than your rechargeable lanterns. Someone is saying, please, please, you are bringing back some memories that we really want to let go of. Hmm. Out of Somebody say, out of darkness. Somebody say, out of darkness. So I did a search for you. I did a search for myself. Because of my background, this is easy for me to understand, but I looked for a language that communicated it very simply. God, in his genius and intricate design, has designed you and I and all of creation with signatures that I made this. We continue to deny it, and so laughably so, that an accident created perfection. That's one of the things science refuses to acknowledge. Just these perfect accidents, these beautiful coincidences, they just happened just enough, you know, just enough. So I understand this. I understand, studied to an extent, the nervous system, all of those. But there is a wonder, creation of God, which is called the eye or the eyes. Humans are supposed to have normally two of them that are able to capture and process information interpreted through your retina. I'm not taking you to science class. These are basic things. And the retina is able to send messages to your brain and your brain is able to interpret vision. God made it so intricately designed that 70%, 70% of your sensory receptors and your eyes picking information of light waves of the visible spectrum of the electromagnetic spectrum. So he's saying from biology, we've gone to physics. Where will PD take us next? Please stay with me. The interpretation of that information that we call image or sight is really taking place 
by two main receptors called rods and cones. I know you didn't like biology, and we will leave it in another minute because someone is about to change. Is this biology or Bible study? I'm saying all of this because something happens when you come out of darkness into light in the natural. Let's look at it and see if perhaps there is a signature there that points us to a spiritual mystery. What happens to rods and cones as you walk from a dark room into bright sunlight? I found an English, simple English explanation. It says when you walk out from the bright sunlight into a dark room, you are unable to see, but after a few minutes, your eyes adjust and you can see. In the sunlight, the rods are activated. When you go into the dark room, it takes time for all the rods to turn off. In the sunlight, the rods are activated. In the sunlight, when I move out of darkness, you know the way I remember this in school? Cones, color. Cones, color. Rods, light and darkness. So God divided the receptors that will pick light and dark and the receptors that will pick color. In the sunlight, the rods activated. You know, I just couldn't get out of, out of my mind. Out of darkness, into his marvelous light. Out of darkness, into his marvelous light. Once I cross out of darkness, there is a squinting period of adjustment. And then the rods, these receptors, optimized to appreciate light, come alive. They're activated. Talking about rods and pillars, Proverbs chapter 24, we are using a metaphor here. Now, this is a poetic metaphor that points to foundational truths. Please stay with us this evening. It says, true, skillful, and godly wisdom is a house in bracket, a life. I'm reading from the Amplified. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 and verse 4. True, skillful, and godly wisdom is a house, a life, a home, a family. It is built, and by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. Verse 4 says, By knowledge shall its chambers of every area be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Hmm. So God's desire for you and for me, if we are going to build this life God's way, Remember how Peter put it to us. If we are going to see grace and peace multiplied, if we are going to have access to all these things that have been made available for life and for godliness, we must invest in, contend for, not just awareness, not just information, not just learned knowledge, not even just expertise, but by the Spirit, revelation for an experiential knowing of pillars, foundational pillars, foundational pillars. By God's grace, in the brevity of the time we have left, we will run through seven core pillars that you and I must invest in moving on from information and awareness. You can see why Paul says in Philemon 1.6 that it is your participation in your participation in. Hmm. If you are going to experience the epignosis of your participation in. The seven pillars that you and I must invest, invest, invest 
invest, invest in, spend time in. We'll go through all seven of them and we'll look at two scriptures for each point. Two scriptures for each point. These are topical areas for those who are now making practical study plans. These are topical areas that you should not be on, on deep in. Pardon my French. These are critical areas. If you are going to enjoy and experience the light, if you, if you won't come into the light and keep your eyes closed, these pillars must be activated by sound knowledge. Remember what we learned? That means in these areas, you will desire and prioritize learning about them, studying the word about them, looking for good books and resources about them, trusting God for sound teachings on these areas, ensuring that I might, I might still be learning other issues, I'm still learning this, I'm still growing, but these foundational pillars, if I'm going to live in the light, I must contend to grow in knowledge in these pillars. For a believer, hmm, Somebody say glory to God. The number one pillar, the number one area that every believer, hear me, it is obvious that many became born again, just entered into the church on, on the week where the series was. And so just to show we are not throwing stones, let me just look for a previous series we've done. The greatest stories ever told. All right, you, you, you just launched in. It is the duty because we are a house committed to building people to ensure that though you've received the word and received Jesus at a time when we're on a journey of learning, we must pay attention enough to your growth to ensure that what you need for life and to grow as a believer, the milk that you need is released to you while you enjoy worshiping together with your new family. It's, it's, it's almost like telling a prisoner, Literally, that's what happened to us. That you are free, you can go. And you just say you can go, and you just open the prison gate, and you just, the person steps out. Have you seen movies like that? They usually have something folded, maybe a few items, and that's all. That's all they have in life. And they step out. That is out of darkness. The question now is, into what? Is someone even coming to pick me up? Is this record going to be on my file for life? Can I get a job? Can I reintegrate into society? And the number one area that every believer must go back and ensure that you have accurate, precise working knowledge is the pillar of salvation, the, 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 the basis for the believer's victory. You and I must un, have a working understanding of salvation from scriptures, not what does it mean to be saved? I was lost, but now I'm found. Glory to God, okay? And this is a field of study itself. The word used salvation in the New Testament as, as we begin to peel now. This is no longer reading now. This is now study. The word there is, is soteria, the noun, the verb, sozo. These are big words that don't just mean forgiveness of sins. It's an all-inclusive package that if you do not know what it includes, you will live a defeated life, albeit free from prison. You'll be there. And you will not know that there's a, there's a building with your name on it. It has keys, keys of the kingdom. That you have been called not just out of prison, just to come and find life and to discover that you don't have work, but you've been called to create, you've been called to rule, you've been called to reign. You will not know that if your only understanding of salvation is that my sins are forgiven. Even that is not even well understood. Many still fight with guilt. 
oh Jesus, if you come in the middle of this night, I was watching. Let me not give any show, any free, free advert. Please take me on. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me, Jesus. Don't leave me. An accurate walking, understanding experientially of the riches of salvation. What is soteria? What does it mean? What is sozo? What does it mean to be saved? This is the first pillar I must invest in. That somehow in my learnings, as I'm listening to God's word, I can file it to each pillar and say I've been further strengthened on the pillar of salvation. I now know the victory Christ secured for me. I know my sins are not just forgiven. I now know that I have been pulled out of darkness. I now know that my sicknesses and diseases have also been healed, not about to be healed. I now know that the chains of poverty that held my ancestors bound or my my generations bound. I know I have now been released from that life. I now have a mandate to operate in dominion and to rule. All right. First Timothy chapter three and verse fifteen. First Timothy chapter three verse fifteen. This is Paul talking to his spiritual son Timothy, the young pastor, and he says, "If I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself." in the house of God, which is the church of the living God and the pillar and ground of truth. This is Paul's description of what should be called a church. Hmm. Verse 16, it says, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. He's saying, Timothy, I know you've been doing some nice series. You've been teaching God's word. You are bringing rev. But if there is any area you want your people to be, that you can wake them up in the middle of the night and say, are you saved? He says, I'm, I'm saved. Say, have you heard? The general overseer of the greatest something, something, something just said Jesus is no longer real. <laughs> you say, well, I'll pray for him. I'll pray for his family. Or I'll pray for her. I'll pray for her family. But I, I, have, I have experienced something I cannot unexperience. I know, I know, I know salvation. I know Soteria now. I've been sozoed. Hmm. I say, tell me what. He said, I found in scripture. He said, but we all know this scripture. <laughs> I'm not saying we know this. I have experienced. Light has dawned from this. I am saved. My sins are forgiven. Guilt can find no place here again. Sickness cannot live here again. This is no longer pride. When someone says, I have found it. I cannot be sick again. I cannot be poor again. Those are not positive confessions. Those are those. That those are offshoots of faith being birthed from revelation popping out of God's word. So the number one pillar, salvation. Great is the mystery of godliness. What is that? That God was manifested in the flesh. It was justified in the spirit. Boy, oh boy, this is a powerful scripture. It was seen by angels. It was preached among the Gentiles. It was believed on in the world and it was received up in glory. Hmm. Hmm. the pillar of salvation 2 Corinthians 5.17 that indeed God's word is true that if any man if any woman it doesn't matter what their past is if anyone be in Christ that person is a new creature all things are passed away behold all things have become new this is no longer memory verse for me it has become experiential verse I now know this as truth. I know where I was. I know where he picked me from. I know where he can pick you from. I know where you can become in Christ. 
And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has called us to the ministry of reconciliation to it. That God was in Christ. This is the, the, the back end of salvation. God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Hmm. And has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So pillar number one, that you must not just be aware of, you must grow in that knowledge, is salvation. Any good teaching on salvation, don't, don't, don't say oh, all these deep, deep things. This is the deep things that will make for a victorious life. You must, you must deliver yourself from lazy Christianity and we'll talk about that next week. With my step, I've been saying this, pray for us next week. Deliver yourself from lazy Christianity. At some point, God's word about your victory has to be true. If you have to keep going from pillar to post, Looking for victory, there's something in salvation you've not paid attention to. Number two pillar. Hmm, be mindful of my time. Number two pillar. The pillar of Christ. These are studies. Pillar number one is called soteriology. Don't bother with the big names. Pillar number two, your guess is right. Christology, the study of the Christ. <laughs> Remember Paul called it the mystery of godliness. It tells us the back end in 2 Corinthians 5. It says, God in Christ. If any man be in Christ. So this in Christ, what does it mean? The study of Christ, God personified. I must learn about Christ. Not just a nice, wise, religious leader <laughs> that was a Jewish rabbi and the son of a carpenter that did miracles and died and claimed to be mm -mm -mm -mm. the revelation of who Christ is and my inheritance in him. Hmm. That you should not be found just aware or casually informed that you are working with an acknowledging glory to God. You are working with accurate, precise knowledge. That someone says, this is what is true. You are saying that is what is true to you. Can, can I say this? Can I say this? Someone can be true and can be wrong at the same time. They can be true and not be working in the truth. If you are going to live the victorious life, your true and your truth must have married inseparably. Someone say, PD, explain. Hmm. Help us, precious Holy Spirit. If you go to a remote, 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 remote village in one of the countries in Africa, let's say you go to, so it doesn't look like I'm throwing stones, let me use the country I'm from. You go to a deep, remote village in Nigeria and you tell them, we are bringing amazing technology to you. We've identified that the biggest problem here is water. So we've brought this technology we've been able to dig a borehole and as the water is ascending there's a purification system we know you don't have electricity so it's not even powered by electricity all you just need to do is to pump it a bit it goes through a filter it filters bacteria it filters viruses it even does reverse osmosis and you can feed your children live life and people are like wow great this is the best thing this is our truth this is true to us. We are drinking this water. We are no longer falling sick. Our children are no longer dying. Diarrhea has reduced markedly. Now, is that true of that technology for them? It is true. If you picked one of them and you said there is a place somewhere on the same earth where there is no well being dog, but there is, a, there is something called a tap. The person says, what is a tap? 
it says it, it doesn't even need to have a switch. You just put your hands under it. It can sense the ambience, temperature, and decide whether what you need is warm or cold water. And says, you know, you mean the, the temperature of the water can, can be different? So someone says, I know, that's, that's heaven. That's, that's life in heaven. We, I mean, we have proof. We have results. This well works, and this is it. We've even found it in scripture that Jesus sat at the well and told the woman, can you draw? This is it. And someone else is saying, I know that is true for you, but I'm telling you of a higher reality. Child of God, do not stay at a reality just because you found it as a lower existence. You have to come up and find yourself in Christ. Hmm. That yes, it is true that you dig from a well, but it is also true that there is a place where this thing comes out pristine and pure, automated. Hmm. And we found that place in Christ. All right, I said I'll give us two scriptures, Papila. I believe you are writing. I believe you are writing, trusting the Lord that as you are just taking notes and listening, that light will break forth. In the mighty name of Jesus. It says in Hebrews chapter 1, I'm going to verse 3, but please let me start from verse 1. God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets as in these last days spoken unto us by his son, by the Christ, whom he has appointed heir. Heir means the chief inheritor of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. You should take this son seriously. The same son that is standing at the door of his church and knocking. He's having a nice service. Can I come in? This is Jesus. Can I come in? You've done ministry so successfully. You found ways, principles, and, 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 and amazing ways to make this thing to work. Can I, can I, can I come into my church? It says in attempting to describe the son, shedding and shining light on the importance of this for you and I to invest in understanding the mystery of the Christ and what it means to be in Christ. Who being the brightness of his glory, glory to God. It says Christ is the express image of his person. Express image. Remember what we said from Romans 1.20? That God put clues in creation, but the full picture is in Christ. The full clear, this is not negative, this is not retinal display. It says the full clear crystal, I was going to say 4K, but I don't know what technology is coming up in 10 years time. The clearest of the clearest of the clearest revelation of God is found in Christ, the Son. Hmm. And upholding in all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins. You, you, you see now? You understand salvation made possible by the Christ? You don't understand the Christ. And he's now sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Glory to God. Pillar number one, salvation. Pillar number two, understanding what it means to be in Christ. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 and verse 15. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. I said I'll give us two scriptures per pillar. Two scriptures per pillar. It says, Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son? Now he's telling us now about this dear son. Verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, connecting the son to soteria. Deliverance, redemption, justification, even the forgiveness of sins. And verse 15 says, He is the image of the invisible God. Oh, I want to see God. Oh, I want to hear God. It says this God is 
Christ is the exact likeness of the unseen God. The firstborn of every creature. I hope someone's spirit is getting spurred up. This must be the predominant. While we learn the other things we need to learn for life and godliness, we will trust God for epignosis, experiential knowledge in these copulas. I am saved. What does it mean to be saved? I am sozoed. I have received salvation. I have received soteria. Not just forgiveness of sins, but my, my, I can't even call it my again. Number three pillar, sonship. Sonship. At some point, you begin to, remember our metaphor, prison metaphor? Not only have I come out of that prison, but the one who owns this kingdom, all right? Let's say the president of this country, president is elected, is a bad metaphor, but please manage it. Not only have I come out of this prison, am I wondering where am I, what am I doing, who is picking me up? But the very president has sent an entourage to pick me up. Why? Because now I don't bear my name again. I now bear his name. Boy, boy, boy. Sometimes these things hit you differently. And that's what happens in the place of meditation. You are repeating it. You are repeating it. You are repeating I'm not. I've not just been called out of darkness to start languishing and squinting. There are pillars for me being activated. And it just dawned on me. I am a son. I am a son. I am a citizen. I am a son. I am a citizen. Jesus said, don't, don't, don't just rejoice that you're casting out devils. Those are, he says, rejoice that your names are written. You are a son. You have, boy. I said to, <laughs> two verses papilla, John chapter one verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. First John chapter 3, verse 1. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. As you know, Paul told us that the world is waiting for manifestation of sons, is waiting for believers, not just to stop at coming out and staying at prison gates. And they are wondering, what, what, do I, what, what happens now? At least when I was in the prison, they still brought us food. At least I, I was a prisoner, but when I was in the prison, when I was still meddling in sin, I still knew where my bills will come from. But now this life of faith, and he's saying, boy, oh boy, the world is waiting for your manifestation. Waiting for you to enter into the light, marvelous light, he calls it. Behold what manner of love. First John 3 verse 1. The Father has bestowed, lavished upon us that we should be called, reckoned, the sons of God. He says, the world knoweth not, knoweth not us because he did not know him. Verse 2. Beloved, now, now, now. I, it, it just begins to sink on you. You have a need. I am wondering if this was the son of the prime minister, if this was the daughter of the prime minister, how stranded will they be? I are just there studying, worshipping, and meditating. Now am I the son of God. Now, now, now am I the son of God. I are just there, thank you, Jesus. Worshipping, you know, pacing about, muttering, musing, moaning, groaning in the spirit there, producing sounds until light comes and just dawns on you. Boy, I'm, 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 I'm cared for. He's responsible for me. He's my daddy. I'm his son. And he, he, he just dawns on you experientially that your days of lack are over. That even when PD comes and says, my brother, we are trusting God. I say, PD, thank you for your encouragement. I'm no longer trusting. I have received it as shorty in the spirit. It's now my practical experience. Now, are we the sons of God? It does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Number one, 
the pillar of unraveling salvation. Trusting God, if the Lord wills, will break these pillars down in subsequent teachings and break it, break it, break it until you see the light. Soteria, Christology. I don't want to use the big, big words. Pillar of salvation, <laughs> the pillar of Christ, pillar of sonship, the pillar of faith, pillar of faith. Habakkuk 2.4, the just shall live by faith. Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11, the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10.38, the just shall live by faith. Though we are not using those as any of our our two popular scriptures. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live. So this faith faith thing has also, as a critical pillar from coming out of darkness. Please do not forget our prison metaphor. It's called you out of darkness. He's broken the chains. I love that song. He says, I am no longer a slave to sin. I'm now a child of God. Let it dawn on you. I, I can't just get it out. Numerous movies now in my head of someone being released from the prison. The, the, the grave clothes, the prison clothes removed now. You just come with, and it, it looks as though you have nothing. I am wondering, others have made progress. Some have built houses. Some have built equity. Some have bought cars. And I'm coming, where do I start from? Ah, my brother, my sister, boy, you've got everything now. Now that you're in Christ, you have the light. You can enter into the fullness of that life. You can, you can, you can reckon I've been saved in Christ. I am now a son and I will live by faith. Nothing is impossible here. Matthew chapter 17 verse 20. Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, it says you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible to you. He's saying that this life in the light, we don't know impossibility. That you are seeing impossibility doesn't mean you should go and tweak the, the message and say sometimes, you know, faith works. Sometimes it doesn't work. Maybe you don't believe, don't believe. I will just have theories. No, let God's word be true. And you insist, see, this is what accurate, precise knowledge is. That we will not bend what we are going through to, to adjust God's word. No, what that, that situation was bend to the truth of God's word. But it is only the truth of his word when light breaks forth in you. By what? Desiring and prioritizing, contending for revelation, and trusting God for tools in his hands. We call them teachers. Men, women, books, sermons, songs, hmm. That are tools in the hands of the spirit. They shed light on salvation. Shed light on Christ. Shed light on sonship. Shed light on the life of faith. Where nothing is impossible here. (laughs) Nothing is impossible here. Somebody say glory to God. Hebrews chapter 11. You know if we had to pick one scripture. It had to be Hebrews 11. Hebrews chapter 11. I'll read verse 33 and verse 34. We call it the Bible's all of faith. It says wood through faith. They subdued kingdoms. They wrought righteousness. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouth of lions. They quenched the violence of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness. They were made strong. They waxed valiant in fight. They turned to flight the armies of aliens. They did the impossible. If I'm going to live victoriously out of darkness, part of my possibilities is that there is no impossibility here. It does not exist. Through the life of faith. So what will I do? I will desire and prioritize learning about faith. What is it? How does it work? How do I build it? How do I put it to work? 
trust him, not just for awareness and information. It will begin with that, but now begin to brood over it. Trust for revelation. Light breaks forth, boom. It's now too true to be undone. Pillar number five. Pillar number five. The pillar of the divine life. The pillar of the divine life. Every believer must be reminded our generation is becoming too sensual. Our existence is becoming too soulish. Our messages are becoming too, too, too human that we forget that we are supernatural beings having a physical experience. We are not physical beings trying to engage the spiritual. No. You have the divine life as a critical experience in salvation in Christ as a son by faith. I see now the pillars are stacking up. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says, but if, but if, if you will contend for this dimension, if you will contend that I will not just be aware. Many quote this scripture. The question is, has that spirit quickened you if it has not humble yourself? I say, precious Holy Spirit, light must break forth here. I've not, you, you can be sincere. Spirit of Lord, I know you are real, you are true. I'm tired of, 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 of being all physical. Everything about me, explainable? No. Where is the divine life? His divine power is giving us everything we need for life and for godliness. It is through this experiential knowledge. Open my eyes. Your servant has taught us. Open my eyes. Show me the truth. Let light break forth. Let revelation knowledge spring up. Let faith be birthed. If the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells. That dwells. You now begin to study. They, they, when you are meditating, the spirit of God can, it won't move you for if the spirit that raised Jesus, that, that is solid, that is fixed. Resurrection power is available. It now begins to take you there by the spirit that dwells in you, the spirit that dwells in you, the spirit that tabernacles in you, the spirit that feels at home in you, the, sp the spirit that stays there. Yes, the spirit of God lives in me. I'm conscious of it. The spirit is muttering now. Meditation is now, is now going on. Light breaks there. Psalms chapter 18, verse 29. It says, For by thee, by the divine life, by supply of your spirit, by your grace, I have run through a troop. And by my God, how many things in your life can you say, It was by my God, I have leaped over a wall? Hmm. The pillars is brought up out of darkness into is marvelous light. Somebody say glory to God. Pillar number seven, you must trust the ministry of the Holy Spirit as your helper and acknowledge the gaps that you have on your journey. That those gaps are not necessarily judgment points to pull you down, but they are opportunities for you to ask and receive help from the Holy Spirit. The way I wrote it down as a pillar is help for gaps. Help for infirmities. I, I deliberately did not use the word infirmities because infirmity in our English language today means sickness. All right, but in the, let's just go to one of the two scriptures, Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. It says, so too, the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. So that word infirmities is, is really talking about a weak point, a, a moment of gap there. 
where there is a gap in experience. This is the truth of God's word. This is the reality of my life. And I'm not, I, I'm not saying God has lied. And I'm not saying my, my experience is only what is accurate. No. I am saying that spirit of God, there is a gap here. I am humble enough to admit it and I know you are here to help me. For we do not know what prayer to offer. Nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. This is the amplified version. It says, but the spirit himself, not itself, the spirit himself, he goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. Help in the moment of gaps. Child of God, those gaps are no times to question. There are no times to doubt. There are times to receive help. They are times to, 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 to leverage grace. He says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. The ministry of the spirits to help you. A people helped by God. <laughs> Sounds like I'm describing KICC Canada. A ministry helped by God. I'm talking about your family. A family helped by God. A relationship helped by God. Yes, there were gaps, there were weaknesses, but we leveraged on grace. We found the power of the spirit. I must understand this true and true of what it means to be helped by the spirit as a pillar that allows me to come out of darkness and enjoy living in the light. Somebody say glory to God. Psalms chapter 118 and verse 13. It says, Thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall. Other versions tell us the psalmist is talking about adversaries. Alright? To me that seems like life. That seems like life. Thrust sore that I might fall. The economies, the projections, the, the, the expert forecasts. It says, but the Lord helped me. Is that in your Bible? Psalm 118 verse 13. But the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength, verse 14, and my song, and is become my salvation. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. These are pillars that please, it will be dangerous to just have awareness or information on. You must, you must ensure that this is my practical reality. Light has broken forth. I have prioritized and desired. I have contended for revelation by study and by meditation. And I have, by God's spirit, opened myself up to the ministry of teachers that their, their, their calling is to unveil light, not to transmit ideas or to, or to sow seeds of chaos. That's gnosis. Gnosis teaching will make you start feeling superior. It won't necessarily unveil the light of who you are, where you are, what you have. It, it just creates superior. Instead of looking at yourself, you are looking at others. Gnosis emphasizes how you are better. Epignosis emphasizes practically accuracy of who you are. And then when you see someone who should be here but is there, you feel compassion towards them. I've seen this light. Trusting God to help me to communicate this truth to them. That they will see it too. That they will see that this victorious life is not for a select few. It's for every child of God. Somebody say glory to God. And pillar number seven is what I have called true reality. True reality. The child of God must know as a matter of experiential revelation knowledge that there are two realities. 
There is the reality that we can interact with with our senses. It is the fake reality. And there is another reality that we cannot see or interact with with our senses. That is the real true reality as revealed in scripture. Second, as we begin to round up this evening, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. It says, while we look not at the things which are seen, it says, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And these eternal things constitute a real true reality. If you want to have a lasting life, if you want to live or lead a lasting life, it must be founded on eternal principles. You cannot base, if you can see it, if you can touch it, it is temporal. It is ephemeral. It is fleeting. It can, it can be here today and gone tomorrow. But there is that reality which was, which is, and will forever be. You must be solidly grounded in this reality. Now, this is not my reality. I know this is what you see. But my reality is the truth of God's word. It's a superior reality. I don't just know about this. I've not just heard about this. I am living this in a superior reality. 1 John chapter 1 verse 1. This superior reality is not some distant ephemeral thing. And I love the way John captures it in 1 John chapter 1 verse 1 and verse 2. That which was from the beginning. Mm. which we have heard this time not with our physical ears which we have seen with our eyes which we have looked upon our hands have handled he says I'm not talking of something ephemeral I'm not talking of something temporal I'm talking of the word of life the true reality it says for the life Zoe was manifested it says we have seen it and our life has been committed to bearing witness. Not eyewitness, not expert witness, but revelation witness. And to show unto you that eternal life, it says, which was with the Father, the same very life, now is manifested unto us. Man, I don't know how you handle scriptures. This, this, this is really the document that explains you. Hmm. Someone is listening to this and he's saying, why are we not shouting and screaming this on the rooftops? This sounds like a, a, a real way to achieve lasting victory for God's children who we'll begin to touch those untouchables from next week in this journey of epignosis. I trust that you've been blessed this evening, the seven pillars. I just want you to begin to thank God. Thank him for his word. Thank him for his light. He has called you. He has called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. I am now aware. I am now informed. I have received revelation of what it means to be saved. Not just forgiveness of sins, but that complete package of deliverance. I now understand practically, accurately and precisely a full personal revelation of what it means to be in Christ. What it means to be a son. What it means to be, to live a life of faith. What it means to enjoy help by the Spirit. What it means to enjoy the, the, the victorious life, to enjoy true reality. I see it all clearly now. I've read about it. I've read about it. This is now my working, living, practical existence. Come on, somebody do this well and say, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. I am changed. 
My life will never remain the same. Ah, my life will never remain the same. My life will never remain the same. Thank you, gracious Father. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Before we bring the service this evening to a close, to pray with one person. Pillar number one is deliberately number one. Because until you experience that, you are not out of darkness. This is not about, oh, I have a nice car. I have a beautiful wife. I have an amazing husband. Everything works perfectly. That's not what this is about. Remember, all those things are temporal. There is a superior reality. It begins with coming out of darkness, receiving the life of God made possible through Christ Jesus. I want to pray for you this evening. I want to pray for you this evening. For some, you've made this decision sometime in the past, but you know a relationship does not exist today. You know that your, your, your life is far from anything that should be called living the divine life, living the life of Christ, living. I want to pray with you. I've not come to judge you. I've not come to castigate you. I've come to echo the voice of the lover of your soul, saying, come on, my son, come on, my daughter. This is where victory is. This is where lasting deliverance is. All those things you are looking for, you will find their fake versions out there. This is where the original is. This is where real life is. And he's saying, come, come, come. Come, 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 come home. Come back to the one who can love you. Come back to the one who can equip you for dominion. Come back to the one who will give your life meaning. Who will restore your worth and your dignity. He says, come on my son. Come on my daughter. Father, in the name of Jesus, I join my hands with these precious ones you created in your image and you made full payment for. Please say with me, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for a complete package of deliverance. Thank you for your spirit that shows me the way in this kingdom. I say yes to your lordship. I ask you to be lord and savior of my life in Jesus' name. Father, I agree with these ones. Let this be the beginning of the rest of their lives. Let them find you truly. Let them stay, grow in you. Let them know you of a truth beyond awareness, beyond information. I ask for a supply of your spirit, a multiplication of your grace, not comparable to the other Christians, the other church. No, 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 the, the, not any external comparison, but as the life of Christ as revealed in scripture is concerned, let them be lives of victory. Let theirs be lives of victory. Thank you, gracious Father. We give you all the praise. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the chains. Thank you for the journeys. Thank you for the supply of the Spirit beginning. In this moment, we return all the glory unto you. Be thou exalted. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Come on, if you just heard the same word I just heard. If you're excited about the possibilities of the life of victory, jam, jam, jam those ends together. Give the Lord a big shout. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, 
You can give her email at info, I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember you are a champion. God bless you.